Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Just like that, the final hour is here. The Monday edition of Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow across the Outkick Network. Glad you're with us as we broadcast from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. And across the network, which includes the YouTube channel you may be watching now. If you miss portions of the show, you can watch that on demand as well as all the shows from Outkick. Outkick.com is another great route to, to, to check out. Plus, uh, this great radio partner you may be listening to. We appreciate you. Chad, uh, the headline right now uh, in college football is centered on Northwestern and head coach Pat Fitzgerald and the hazing allegations that are alleged through a, uh, initially a former player and then, um, then it was confirmed right by another player. So there's now two players that are sources in this through the school newspaper that's digging this up in an investigation behind the scenes that's been going on since January. And the fact that you have university representatives, including the school president at Northwestern, that is now saying, ah, we, I maybe should have thought longer about the suspension length, which is two weeks without pay for Fitzgerald uh, as a reprimand. Knowing that the president said that publicly tells you what? Tells me that Pat Fitzgerald's in trouble because this seemingly was over last week. There was an investigation announced, an investigation into some allegations announced back in January. And it took them until early July to finish the investigation. And their conclusion was that some bad things happened and they hired some pretty high ranking people to investigate this. Conclusion was some bad things happened. Pat Fitzgerald, the head coach, Probably didn't know about it, maybe knew about a little bit of it, but ultimately should have known about all of it as the head coach. So the punishment is going to be two-week suspension, unpaid, during the middle of a dead period before fall camp starts, during the middle of the summer. And he was going to serve that suspension now for the next two weeks. And then the president, President Schill, comes back and says, you know, having looked into this more, I may have erred in the initial suspension. That is bad news for Pat Fitzgerald because now the details are public, and we see this all the time. It's one thing when it's an internal investigation and no one knows exactly what happened. You can get away with some light punishment if that's what you want to do. But now that we know that there were just some really strange things going on involving players, gang dry-humping other players, freshman quarterbacks being forced to take a snap from a fully nude freshman center. Very strange stuff. Pat Fitzgerald's in trouble. I don't think Northwestern's university is going to mess around with this now, especially if they're saying two weeks was too light. Um, he's going to be suspended. At best, will be suspended for a lengthy amount of time. And at worst, he's going to lose his job. And keep this in mind. This is all taking place while Northwestern is trying to get the funding and build an $800 million new football stadium. And it's being met with a ton of opposition. A lot of Northwestern alum 
don't believe the football program deserves or needs that much money. There are people in Evanston, Illinois, that don't want the traffic that's going to be yeah. involved with the new stadium and what all that means. So never a good time for this type of thing to happen, Hutton. But now is especially a bad time. Yeah, and the, the other thing, too, is this is Mr. Northwestern, right, in Pat Fitzgerald, star linebacker, uh, has been coaching there since 2001, but is the head coach since 2006. And, you know, if there's anyone that's going to sell the university on football and, and the alum on football, it's him. And even those who hate the sport and don't even think about the sport, no Pat Fitzgerald. And they know him as a Northwestern guy. Right. Player coach. So, I mean, with all of this happening all at once in regards to what's going on from the business end of this, uh, it's not going to end well if they were already struggling to do the upgrades and have the new stadium uh, versus where they are now. Let me go back, though, because I'm. this is more than just hazing. This is the sexual nature of it is what makes it not, not just uh, worthy of a deep dive here, but the background and what I'm thinking as I'm reading through this, I'll, I'll go through. But when I hear, you know, the, the players were forced to strip naked and bear crawl, or they have to go through a, a, what they termed a car wash, which is go into the shower and you're hosed down. It's not just the shower, but they have some, you know, I guess... Uh, Massive. I'm, I'm thinking fireman the, the hose. Fire hose. Got, yeah, it's got to be more than that or less than that, but it, it's something equivalent that they called the car wash, the naked quarterback center exchange, which I don't think it was exclusive to just quarterbacks and centers, but they made two people do it, uh, like you're snapping a football to a quarterback, um, and all of this, of course, would violate the, uh, the university policy on the uh, sexual nature of the violations which are detailed in this report too. Chad, I immediately think of uh, Penn State and the Big Ten. That comes to mind. Now, what was going on there and how long it went on and all of this and the, the number of students, number of kids that were involved in that. It's a totally different scale, but it's the nature of the hazing that makes me link the two. That's number one that I immediately thought of. Fair or not. Uh, number two, the school newspaper is the one digging deep on this and not what we used to see from Yahoo Sports with Wetzel. Who's, you know, it, it's, a, it's a different era now where the NCAA has always taken a step aside when it came to doing the hardcore investigations. The news outlets would do their job and actually dig and report on what was going on from a national scale, they'd send in their guys. And, it, you know, I, I was on Dockers this morning. I said, you don't want Wetzel knocking on your door 15 years ago, right? Or even yep. now. Pete Thamel uh, also. You don't, uh, Charles Robinson. Yep. You, you don't want Keith Morrison knocking on your door as a host of Dateline because the news isn't going to be good whenever you go to the door and answer it. You're either uh, a, a suspect or you've had a family member where you're trying to figure out the results of a case where someone's died. Point being, the fact that the student newspaper, the Daily Northwestern, is the outlet with the details here. I mean, and this is something they've been investigating since January. 
So it's not like just this enclosed on-campus deal. That, to me, is the alarming thing just on the periphery as I read through this report and think to myself, well, the, the president didn't have to announce the two weeks on leave without pay when he did. But at the same time, no one was doing any investigating, except for the students in this newspaper that knew a couple of players as sources with this. It's bizarre, man. Well, sad state of journalism in our country in a lot of ways, a lot of areas right now. This is another example of that. I also think Northwestern, one of the few schools where this would even be possible or someone would do it. Think about all of the sports media alums from Northwestern. Remember how annoying it was when Northwestern went to the NCAA tournament for the first yes. time ever? like three or four years ago, and everyone who you didn't even know went to Northwestern that you follow on Twitter, that's a sports media member, that were all you know gung-ho about Northwestern basketball because all these media members are Northwestern alums. It took a program that doesn't have a ton of success or history that has a journalism department and media uh, area of their school to have this happen, the combination of both. Because the sports media from the school are more famous than the football player alum from the school. So that's the place where it'd be protected. This would not happen in Alabama with a student newspaper. This would not happen at Ohio State with a student newspaper. They would never have a credential again. They would never, ever attend a press conference for the coach if they were the ones to be seen as the ones who damaged the football program in any way. So Northwestern is a special kind of case where this type of setup could happen. Another thing I thought when I first saw this story was, man, it's a bad time for Peter Skaronsky to be the number one pick for the Tennessee Titans. Hmm. Because yeah. this sounds, and there's reports in there, this is an offensive lineman-type-led thing. With the running yeah, they, that's done with the team. They said eight to ten upperclassmen, right? Yes. Were involved in this. But I immediately thought, we don't know anything yet. It may have nothing to do with it. It may not have been around for any of it, which is I'm sure he was around for some of it if it's taking place in the locker room. But I'm thinking Northwestern doesn't often have first-round picks. Yeah, you're right. And I immediately thought from the Tennessee Titans' perspective, this is an odd time to draft the Northwestern offensive lineman as your first-round pick because now he's going to be getting questions about this. And if he doesn't get questions about it, someone's not doing their job. Well, you absolutely ask him about it if you're a member of, of Titans Media oh, no doubt. or covering it now well, because this is the questions this is a huge national story. We'll come through the uh, media days. You know, Big 12 start this week, I believe, in a couple of days. Uh, Big 10 is just around the corner. You've got the SEC here next week. I but don't think Pat Fitzgerald's going to be at Big 10 media days. Well, but whoever is on behalf of the university will answer questions. That, that will be the first yeah. response in terms of the media coverage reacting to the reports. And then the next wave of it is going to be every NFL player from Northwestern yeah. over the last six to eight years that's in the NFL, when there's media availability, someone in that local market is going to ask them about the allegations at Northwestern if they saw anything or not. Colorado and uh, Deion Sanders, he's already put together a nice staff. He's adding to that with Pat Shermer. Longtime uh, NFL coach, offensive coordinator, uh, was last uh, head coach in Denver, uh, was also head coach in New York. Chad, he's now joining Dion's staff at Colorado. Yet another point of reference when you think of the impact of primetime headed to Boulder to coach college football in the soon-to-be Big 12, but currently the Pac-12. 
Yeah, he's doing a great job of, of assembling sort of an all-star um, uh, a cast of characters with coaches, but also important to him, and, and we know this about Dion, he's an NFL guy. You know, he's going yeah. to constantly in recruiting go back to his experience uh, in the NFL. That's going to be a big part of his pitch to everyone. And um, Sean Lewis is the name I was thinking of. So Pat Shermer's got a great reputation as offensive coordinator. Sean Lewis from Kent State – to me, that was the best hire that Dion made. They had a great offense at Kent State. He was able to lure the head coach from Kent State to be his offensive coordinator and set up a very collegiate-style offense. Now you bring in Pat Shermer, who's the most NFL of NFL offensive guys you can think of, that that's all he really knows. So, interesting mix of coaching styles there. Sean Lewis is not an NFL-style coach at all. But now you bring in Pat Shermer, who's going to be on that staff in some capacity to coach with Sean Lewis. He's going to be on the offensive side of the ball, whether it's quarterback coach or as an analyst or whatever. He's going to be with Sean Lewis. So that's a different mix of backgrounds. But the mix all adds to the formula for Deion Sanders, which is come to Colorado. I'm going to be hard on you. I'm a bit of an old school guy when it comes to that. But also, I'm going to show you the way to the NFL. And it's going to take a bit because they're going to be terrible this year with all the roster attrition. But if they can keep this staff together and Dion can continue to build on this staff, Hutton, I think they're going to be a factor yeah. in the Pac-12 quickly. And Shermer's always been known or maybe as a the Big good 12 assistant if they coach. Leave. Not a good head coach. Yeah. Good assistant coach. Uh, where he's last the OC, I believe, in Denver. Um, he had a bad two years in Denver, but he, he has been in the past. Fired a good whenever assistant. Hackett was hired. Yeah, uh, on the same day that the trade went down for Russell Wilson. Um, but they also have Mike Zimmer, former Vikings head coach and defensive coordinator, on this as a, I believe, just an analyst for the program behind the scenes. It's very intriguing how he's put this together. Sal Sanceri is on this staff, Jack. Yeah, it's it's a mix of names we all know. Yeah, I yeah. mean, how many staffs have that, and I call it an all-star staff. I don't know if they're going to work that well together, but it's a lot of guys who haven't spent a lot of time working together in the past, and it really does. we got the MLB All-Star week, uh, week going on now, the game tomorrow. feels kind of like an all-star game of coaching, both college and NFL backgrounds with names that we know as assistants and former head coaches. I mean, it, it's the best show in college football right now. And that's why yeah. it was important and smart of Fox to land their first two games on national TV. Because I think the interest will wane as we get into October and November because their record's going to be bad. And we're not going to care as much. But early on, that's going to be a terrific reality show to watch in Boulder. Chet, uh, Dalvin Cook reportedly turned down an offer from the Dolphins. Uh, this through uh, Bill Central, and, and, and which is a, a part of Sports Illustrated. Um, which tells me that the Vikings, they were scheduled to pay him around $10 million, a $14 million cap hit this upcoming season. They release him after trying to give him a pay cut to stay. Turned it down. This tells me that the Vikings offer was better than whatever the Dolphins came up with. Otherwise, if you're Dalvin Cook and you've been discussing and paired with going back to where you grew up, otherwise you sign that offer, don't you? If it's better than what the Vikings offered you in a pay cut, yeah, unless you're not going to find ten million, unless they're just so far off with what he wants and what the Vikings offered, and then what the Dolphins offered, that he's just trying to hold out for more and more. The bottom line in all this to me is Dalvin Cook's just going to be really disappointed in what his market is, and I think Dalvin Cook's and, still a, an impact player. 
I mean, he's a great running back that is going to it's really going to be improve someone. You know, that's but that's the way that's the way of the running back world now. Well, and moving for, for veteran wide receivers too. DeAndre Hopkins has two offers right now on the table. Mike Reese uh, saying that the Titans' offer has been the most aggressive from a franchise that's actually put some money forward in an offer. The other's the Patriots. Meanwhile, the Chiefs have always been keeping tabs on Hopkins, but they have not been aggressive at all in their approach. We know of two teams. If he was visiting and getting offers from others, he would certainly let us know because that drives up the market for him. Uh, There's no incentive to immediately sign right now, but moving forward, we're just a couple handful of weeks away from training camp. He's going to have a decision to make on, do you wait out the preseason or do you go ahead and sign and take the money that was offered and try to reach those incentives where he's been a thousand yard receiver six of the eight years? Think about all those names that we heard that we've never heard of that just made bank in the NBA. And now think about DeAndre Hopkins has two teams interested. And Dalvin Cook. Mom and dad teach your kids to grow up to be NBA players, not NFL players. That's the lesson in that. You're going to get paid a lot more for being a lot worse in the NBA. Charlie Arlott next on Hot Mike. Hey, I'm a dad, and I know what dads want for Father's Day. They want steak, world-class Omaha steaks. Look, dads deserve top-quality American beef, and that's what you'll get with Omaha steaks as their Father's Day gift. I gift Omaha steaks constantly to guests on my show, Urban Meyer, the football coach, Mike Krzyzewski, the basketball coach, Kevin Pritchard, general manager of the Indiana Pacers, just to name a few, have received the gift of steak, Omaha steaks from me. Order mouthwatering gift packages starting at just $99. And as a bonus, use promo code Dan to get $10 off your order. Give the gift that I give to guests on my show. Mouthwatering gift packages from Omaha steaks starting at just $99. And as a bonus, use promo code Dan to get $10 off your order. Sack up and get your dad something he'll love this Father's Day. Hot Mike, Hunter Withrow rolls on across the Outkick Network. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Charlie Arnold joins us from Outkick, as she does each and every Monday. Charlie, good to see you. I hope things were well over the weekend. Yeah, everything's been great. It's been an eventful week. Oh, I, I, let's start here. I, w- I want to chat about the atmosphere at the white party uh, for Michael oh, Rubin. Yes. Yeah. You, so was... Brady and Kardashian, Kim K, they're all in the headlines on this. You were there. Take us yeah. behind the scenes of what this is with the CEO, founder of Fanatics, and how exclusive this is, and feel free to name drop. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's definitely... Listen, I there's probably parties we don't even know about. They're so exclusive. But as far as public parties, uh, yeah, this definitely ranks up there. It's the party of the year. Uh, it's getting bigger and bigger as the years go by. I was there last year as well as this year. So I can definitely say like this year is far more talked about uh, because I think there were probably people that heard about it last year who were like, wait a second, let me get on the guest list for this year. It's a lot of fun. The reason it's so cool is because you are invited because 
Michael Rubin trusts you to be there and he trusts you to conduct yourself a certain way and not be crazy taking pictures, publicizing, you know, what's going on on the inside to the outside. Um, so there's like a no photography rule. You can take photos of yourself and there's a photographer there, but otherwise like, you know, it's expected to, you know, what happens at the white party stays at the white party. Uh, and that's why it's so much fun. Uh, and it's really interesting just to see different people from all different uh, worlds of entertainment, athletics, uh, music. Uh, it's just a really good time. And uh, yeah, this year there was obviously some headlines being made with Kim uh -huh. Kardashian and Tom Brady. Uh, but I can neither confirm nor deny. Uh, but you, you know. want to be invited again is what you're saying. You don't want yeah, to yeah, be the one that spills. <laughs> is it in the Hamptons? Is that where it takes place? Somewhere? Yes, yeah, yeah, it's in the Hamptons over Fourth of July weekend. So, you know, thank goodness for great weather this year. It was amazing, and his house is gorgeous. And, uh, I mean, the food is phenomenal. The company's great. Drinks are flowing. So it, it's a great time. Do you think that he's upset, and not you, obviously, because you're not, you're not telling us anything, but that someone at the party spilled the beans about something? Yeah, you know Do you what? think if it makes headlines, he gets that. mad? I wonder if he's upset about it. Well, I was wondering about that. And honestly, here's what I'll say is I didn't see everything that was happening because I'm only one person, but um, there was a lot of rumors. I mean, as far as like, you know, a lot of the stuff I saw was was not happening. So um, I don't know who on the inside is saying any of this or if anyone was or if people just saw that certain people were there and kind of I have to imagine there's people who could just feed information to magazines or sites and they weren't even there potentially you know what i mean or they have a friend who texts them like oh these people are here but and then they just decide to spin the wheel a little bit more on their own so i don't know it's all very interesting but hopefully they get to the bottom of it and whoever it was doesn't get invited back <laughs> is it bad of me to automatically assume that kim kardashian leaked this <laughs> um no i'm, just, I'm I don't trying think to use my brain on who it Listen, benefits it benefits her I think Kim Kardashian, I think uh, as far as I've heard in the past, because again, like I didn't see any of this happening at the party. So um, like I wouldn't be able to say yes or otherwise, right. but um, I think Kim Kardashian, like as far as I knew, like months ago had a little thing maybe for Tom Brady. So maybe, I mean, a lot of women I have do a too, thing for Tom Charlie, Brady. I do Listen, too. Listen, guys, I have a little thing for Tom yeah, Brady. Like, let's be honest. Yeah, Hutton and I agree with you. We, we, we all have something <laughs> for Tom Brady. It's, it's natural. We're human. Um, so. I am curious, like, I, I know you posted one, I think one photo I saw on, on Instagram. Is there a quota for like, you can't go over a certain amount of pictures? Uh, is there like so, rules when you walk in about what photos you can take and post or not? No, I don't think so. Okay. I think there's a, there's a professional photographer there. So they're mainly just going around snapping photos. Um, so, you know, I was able to get a photo like with a couple of different people, um, by the professional, which is, you know, always better. They always get the good angles, the good lighting. Um, and then I just took a quick one by myself, more so just to showcase my outfit. Um, but otherwise, you're having so much fun. It's not one of those places where you want to be on your phone or taking photos because you just want to be in the moment enjoying yourself. Um, so once I got like a quick photo, I was like, okay, that's it. That's all I need. Now we move on and now you can go have fun. Give me a tequila. <laughs> so Hutton, next time we see uh, Charlie in Nashville, we'll right. get the undercover story uh, off off right. air. We'll, well, we'll final hear, thing: we'll did, hear what really happened when she's back in Nashville. Did you chat with either Tom Brady or Kim Kardashian at this party? I did not. Okay. I did not personally chat with either. Because um, if I had you a said yes, you would be chatting with both of them, not just one of them, right? Because they were together. Uh no, 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 no. <laughs> I did not say that. Um, I did. I, you know, they were both all over the place, and yeah, I. Uh, 
I got to have a, a, several conversations with lots of interesting people, but um, for sure, I did not talk to either of them at the party. Charlie Arnold with us, uh, Outkick host and a very special guest here with us on yes, Hot Mike each and every Monday. Um, one of my favorite things, you, you and I have chatted a lot about UFC. My One of my favorite things is the post-UFC pay-per-view press conferences uh, with Dana White and then the the fighters who make the, the car wash through and talk to the media. Yeah. Uh, questions about racial undertones are certainly nothing new to Dana White. He will, what's, what's different, I think, is just he's the guy that is willing to speak his mind and answer a question uh, deliberately and oh. uh, however he feels. Uh, Authentically. No, matter, no, yes, no matter if it's uh, being broadcast on a cable network or on YouTube or wherever. You can watch it live. They don't edit this stuff out. So Israel Adesanya, South African, uh, Drikas Duplessis is now next in line to fight for the title because he won uh, this past weekend at UFC 290. He's also South African. He's white. Adesanya's black. And mm -hmm. John Morgan, uh, co-founder at the time of MMA Junkie and always first in line as far as press is concerned uh, with the first question for Dana, uh, as part of the group of questions he was asking, listen in. Here's what he asked Dana about this fight and the promotion moving forward. You know, I know you say, hey, this is the fight business. People say nasty things, right? But the tension between those two and kind of the racial undertones and all those things, how do you... What were the racial undertones? Uh, Drigga says he's the real African fighter, and so, you know, Israel dropped some N-words yeah. in there tonight. So what was the racial... Who did? Who dropped the, the racial... Is Israel it? was saying over and over, yeah. He's, he's black. 50 N-bombs in Okay, there. he's black. He... Who gives a shit? I was going to say, so you don't have oh. any concern about the way the build-up, the tension between those two? I could care less. This is the fight business. Israel Adesanya can say whatever he wants to say. Who gives a Why, are, are people about that? Some people. Oh, of yeah. course they are. Oh, hey. All right, got it. Yeah. Too bad. All right. Yeah. Let, last thing for me, then, I just want to add. <laughs> Charlie, this is nothing new for Dana to press her, uh, but uh, this is a storyline uh, that some are complaining about simply based on the two South Africans who are going back and yeah. forth. And they flew in, they flew in at Asanya for the face-to-face -face following Duplessis' victory. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, Dana's the best. Honestly, like, he's just the greatest boss in the world. I, like, respect him so much for so many different reasons, but... He just says it like it is. And I wish more people would be like this, but of course they can't because they're too cowardly and they're so obsessed with what other people think about them. But the reason people love Dana so much is because he doesn't care what other people think about them. And I just think his response was perfect. I think he totally shut down the narrative. I love how he asked, are people really talking about this? And then he's like, oh, of course, effing A. I mean, that's just so good. Um I, no one cares. Good. I hope there are. Uh, there hope there are racial undertones, and I hope that the fighters, you know, take whatever aggression they have towards whatever storylines that are feeding into this and duke it out uh, when it really matters. I mean, this is just there's racial undertones to everything now. Like whether you like it or not, like people want to make it about. I mean, when I say racial undertones, they don't actually exist, but the fake racial undertones exist because people demand that they're inserted into every storyline, regardless of what it is. Earlier. Today, I just did this uh, segment on Harris Faulkner about how 
doctors now should wear body cameras because they're racist and they don't treat patients the same. So we should let go of all of our privacy and allow doctors to wear body cameras. It's just, it's so insane. Uh, it just, good for Dana. Thank you so much for being you and um, good. <laughs> And it's the fight Good for business. that reporter getting shut down. You that know, was just such a stupid question. It's it's the fight business too. Uh, Dana will uh, be honest in his response. He will also use that to promote the fight, which yeah. is exactly what happened and why they flew in Adesanya from New Zealand for this face-off. And we've seen in the past McGregor and Ho Jose Aldo, McGregor and Khabib Namagamadoff. I mean, there were undertones there that they yeah. absolutely played into and led to legitimate fights outside of the octagon, that's the fight business, though, and they lean into it. Yeah. yeah I mean, anything to sell tickets, right? Whatever gets that. people whatever gets people fired up, lean into it, sell more tickets, raise the prices, hype up the story. That's it. That's also got to make your job a, a bit more difficult than the average sport reporter, I, I would guess, because you don't know what these guys... Dana says whatever he wants. So do the fighters. <laughs> you know, and yeah. I, I would imagine you're sitting there asking a question, not knowing exactly how so-and-so is going to respond based on whatever just happened in the octagon or the lead up to the fight itself. Well, that's a, that's one of the reasons I love working for UFC is because they know that they have such a long leash because Dana allows them to have a long leash, which is phenomenal because it allows them to be themselves. And I think that you have so many different talented fighters who are taking part in this promotion. And the worst thing you could do is try to reel them in. That's not what people want. People like the rawness of the sport. Uh, we're fighting for God's sakes. There's nothing friendly about this, right? They're there to punch each other in the face, make each other bleed, knock each other out, turn each other uh, you know, unconscious. I mean, that's what this is about. So I don't understand why there would be anybody who would want anything less than that. Otherwise people wouldn't want to watch. So uh, it's always fun for me when I'm interviewing someone and they just go off the rails. Like, I love yeah. that so much. I don't like when interviews go completely, completely to plan because then that sometimes means there's a lack of emotion involved. So I love when they're them. And especially like Sean Strickland, I just got to interview him a few weeks ago and he's one of the best as you guys probably know. Yes. So Charlie, every time you join us, we do a, a judge's ruling, a fair or foul about some societal yes. issue that we're going to have <laughs> the defining ruling on what we're going to do now moving forward, okay? Today's topic is when it's acceptable to have your phone on speaker. And I guess I kind of want to throw it in there. Is it ever yeah. acceptable in public to be on speakerphone with someone, with a, a number of people around? Where do you fall on this? Okay, so I'm a big speaker whore, if you will, um, because I don't like to talk. I never talk with my phone up to my ear. Like that just doesn't happen. But generally I will say I have headphones, right? So I don't need to have my phone up to my ear, but this is just so uncomfortable. You get a crick in your neck, you know, just the phones are so big and bulky now. They just like don't fit against your ear. There's like glass that hits all of my, I think I have 10 different earrings in my ears. <laughs> um, so it's just not, it's not comfortable. So if I'm, for example, walking down the street in New York, and I forget my headphones. I will talk on speakerphone, but I'm not walking with anybody or next, you know, if you really want to hear my conversation, feel free. But to me, that's like almost like I'm having a conversation walking next to somebody. So I find that to be acceptable. But if I'm in a restaurant or if I'm, you know, on a plane, like I'm not going to be on speakerphone. Like I find that to be really obnoxious or when people play music on their phones, like sitting in a 
a small confined area and it's like, okay, I don't want to listen to yeah. your music. We're at the pool. Um, yeah, exactly. So I think there's some etiquette involved. I don't hate people that are on speakerphone because I get it. Uh, but yes, different areas call for different rules. So um, that's it. But remember, guys, I lost my AirPods when I was in Nashville that one time. So I'm still. <laughs> so are you now I'm more still... speakerphone than not, or more than the 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 uh, the AirPods in? Yeah. Or how do you? I would say I've been relying you? a little bit more on speakerphone. I have my wired headphones. They're sit, sit right here next to me, but these are only going to go so far. So I'm actually waiting for Amazon Prime Day to kick in tomorrow. See, um, you're, you're going to have to break the tie on this one because I hate the speakerphones that are out and about. Yeah. We see it here all the time with people talking to someone, and I can hear them very loud on, on speaker. I never go speakerphone in public at all unless there's like a, you're showing someone something on FaceTime where you're somewhere where well, you have the, to show I, it to I them. See, That's I'm, the only acceptable FaceTime time. FaceTime for the people that board the plane, you know, and they're on FaceTime. Oh, God. So I hate that. Yeah, that, that's annoying, that. too. But Honestly, like, I just don't like FaceTime either. Like, there's only certain moments where I like FaceTime because I don't care even if I'm done up. Like, right now, I hate the way I look on the show. Like, front-facing cameras <laughs> never make you look good. They never make you look good. Is that based on the lighting? What are you saying? It's everything. It's just, this is like a front-facing camera on a laptop, front-facing camera oh, on a cell phone. Like, okay. You just don't look good. It just never looks the same as when you have the back-facing camera. So it just never, it never turns out the way I want. So I just like to avoid FaceTime. And like, why do I really need to see your face? You know the person. I mean, if you're yeah, talking to them, yeah. you probably know what they look like. Yeah. So there's no need for the FaceTime. I I'm with you on that. The yeah. only special thing is like you're at the store and you got to show a certain product or something it's like, is this what you want to someone? Or like this specific thing, I'll just show it to you. That's my only yeah. FaceTime exception. Charlie, thank you as always. We'll catch up next week. And okay. uh, in the meantime... Oh, wait, no, we'll, you won't, we won't catch up next week because I'm going to be in Spain, guys. Sorry. All right. we'll, FaceTime you. we'll FaceTime you instead. Yeah, yeah. Charlie Arnold uh, with OutKick. Coming up, facing fa uh, FaceTime next yes. week. Coming up, we'll uh, get you to the Monday evening and tell you about a new podcast with OutKick and OutKick.com. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer. With over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros, Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well.
Wrapping up what's been a fast-paced Monday edition of Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow. Our thanks to Charlie Arnold for uh, joining us uh, previous segment. And then earlier in today's show, Bobby Carpenter with uh, some very interesting and great perspective on the football hazing culture then versus now. His era versus now. And tying that into the allegations at Northwestern. We're getting a lot of, by the way, defense of uh, Pat Fitzgerald coming out now. There was someone who was a player manager for four or five years that's released a big letter to the public about you know defending Pat Fitzgerald and what he saw in the program. So now's the counter to the reports from the Daily Northwestern. Again, fair or unfair, I don't know where you come down on this. I hear that, and I automatically think, well, that's also reminiscent of what happened at Penn State. Yeah, I mean, it's... it's There's a lot of defense for the guy you like, right? And, I, yeah. I, and I, I've always liked Pat Fitzgerald. But reg- even if you didn't know, you should know. Yeah, the big, I mean, it, the, the difference is subject. The, the sexual nature of what was going on is somewhat similar, but no, no, you know, I, it wasn't. It, it wasn't but knowing with, but not doing anything about it is what I'm saying. Yeah. Should you, should you have known? Did he really not ever know? I have a hard time believing. First off, it, I'm sure this happened. I have a hard time believing that Pat Fitzgerald knew nothing ever I know, about yeah. any of this that well, took place. There was a whiteboard, apparently, with names on there that you had to you know, show up because you had screwed up in practice or in a game. Now, did he know every uh, single detail and every that, time no. it happened? No, probably not. He may not thought it was a big deal. It's well, just, look, if you're, if you're doing something against someone's will involving nudity and grabbing someone, it's, it's sexual assault. So you can't just say, hey, that's okay, guys. Just boys being boys out there, right? So uh, he should have taken it more seriously if he knew more about it. But I'm kind of in the middle on it because I think he definitely knew something. I also don't think he knew about every single incident or, that ever yeah, happened. Whatever he thought was going on, it went to the extreme. Yes. Yeah. I, 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 teen, I, I tend to think that way uh, based on just I don't know why you would do, uh, allow that to go on in this day and age or at any age, period, for that. Uh, and there's too many players involved in this allegation, too. Like eight to ten upperclassmen, where even it's alleged that Fitzgerald gave the hard clap, what they call it, the Shrek clap? Yeah. Uh, at practice, uh, when one player screwed up. Again, uh, there will be more to this. But even the president of the university is saying, ah, maybe two, two weeks unpaid is, is too light. Chad, coming up in just a minute, uh, how to get out of a wedding during football season. Uh, not from our own experience, but from uh, a Georgia football fan uh, in, in just a moment. Uh, excited to uh, relay in the announcement that I know Clay tweeted out earlier today uh, about the new podcast with OutKick. Gains for girls. Riley Gaines uh, will have her new podcast with OutKick debut this Wednesday. She's been opposed like... Chad and I and everyone at Outkick uh, with biological men competing in women's sports. Uh, of course, Riley would know, having competed and tying for a championship with Leah Thomas on the national level. She's going to use this to have a, a blowtorch, have, have a, a speaker for all of those trying to fight for fairness in women's athletics. Can't wait to uh, check out the first episode on Wednesday, and you can learn more at OutKick.com. Yeah, look forward to, to watching the first episode of, of her show. And um, we've had Riley on a number of times, incredibly bright. She's going to do a good job with it, and she stands on the side of fairness and, and what's right. 
on this issue, which yep. we've consistently said. So look forward to that show on well, Wednesday. Well, and this will give others uh, a more uh, a larger platform, bigger opportunity to be vocal when maybe they've been yeah. quiet in the past. Uh, I, I like the, the idea here and what Riley's uh, championing. Well, we're getting there also. I think it's becoming more and more acceptable, and people are being a lot more free about speaking openly about what is just ridiculous storylines with men competing in women's sports and trying to get away with it. Riley speaking out against that, more starting to speak out against it. I think there's becoming less and less opposition to Riley Gaines speaking out and others that are speaking out against it. Hopefully that'll continue. Riley told us that, that she thinks the tide is starting to turn yeah. on it as well. So uh, hopefully this podcast will be another step in that direction. Chad, what is always going to remain the same will be message boards on college campuses with the fans who are, you know, double, triple the age of the players on the field. Uh, and what will also never change is the passion and pageantry for college football. Yeah. That can safely be said for the University of Georgia. You passed this on earlier this weekend. Um, there's a Georgia fan who certainly knows how he would approach getting out of a fall wedding that he has to attend instead of going and being able to make kickoff. There, there's a, a fan who posted... All my childhood friend is scheduled his wedding for September 16th at 5 p.m. UGA plays South Carolina that weekend. How do I get out of it? I'm dead serious. LMAO. And the response, Chad, is the response from have one se have sex with his fiance. Yeah, one other the fan response. chimes in on the message board at Dog Central and says, "Yeah, you can get out of it. Have sex with his fiance. That'll do it." The long that con, would, the would, long con seduction uh, to get out of that to watch. Georgia beat South Carolina by four touchdowns is really something. Yeah. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to seduce my buddy's fiance. And that's how I'm going to be able to watch my dogs. Your childhood friends. Kick fiance. the crap out of Shane Beamer's cocks <laughs> in a game that's going to be on ESPN two. And I am going to cost my relationship, my friendship with my buddy. I may have to marry the girl now that I've slept with her. After uh, seducing her and yeah. away from my buddy. Or pay child support. But you know what? Watching that four-touchdown beatdown of South Carolina was worth it. This is the logic of a message board. My brother-in-law, the only information he sends me is from the Nebraska Cornhuskers message board. Anytime I get a text from him, it is a screenshot of something being said in the message board that <laughs> interests him. So I am here to report that there are people who get a majority of their in info Right? Info in air quotes. They get the majority of their info from message boards. I'm highly entertained by message boards. Oh, I think they're hilarious. Message board geniuses, one of the best Twitter follows out there. Uh, I still go on certain message boards, but that's, that's next level from this Georgia fan. Chad, uh, before we get to your Indiana Jones review, yeah, the non-spoiler edition, this, this really bothers me because I'm, I see this through Uber. You can see this through... Uh, uh, delivery options. I don't use DoorDash, but if I did, it's no different than the other apps where you are requested to pop up for a tip 15, 20, 25%, right? You now you can enter a custom amount, which is in very fine print that you have to click and see. And you're normally just trying to get five stars and five for five and, and tip the Uber driver if you want to, if you believe that Uber's really giving him 100% of that tip. Um, Listen to this. DoorDash, there's a, a $20 pizza delivery. And the guy delivering the pizza 
is upset with a 25% tip on a $20 pizza. This is all in the ring cam. Hi. Hello. Come here, Max. Next. Yeah. Get the dog back inside. Thank you. Um, I just want to say it's a nice house for a five dollar tip. You're welcome. Five dollars tipped on a twenty dollar pizza. Um, the entitlement now, and it's tough to even find someone better to work the job. Think about that. Yeah, we, we've reached a real crisis point. $5 with, on a $20 food With option. people being willing to work. So that guy's going to face no punishment for that. That's the sad part about it. I mean, these DoorDash delivery drivers, they can do whatever they want. Because well, who else are you going to get to do it? This guy did lose his job. Oh, oh he, he did? did? Yeah, he ended up getting fired. He was going to go to McDonald's with, Well, with more. who? With who fired him? DoorDash. Oh. Okay. So he's still delivering. So he's working for Uber Eats now? Yeah, he can do yeah, he can still do that. Yeah, I'm, or sure, I'm some assuming other he restaurant. does both. Like there are Uber drivers who also yeah, drive for Lyft. So he's off of one service and not on to another. It's pathetic. Yeah. It's pathetic. first off, the whole tipping culture has gone out of control. But it's only gone out of control because people aren't willing to work. So you have to incentivize them in any way possible. And instead of businesses giving them more money, they're putting the onus on us, the consumer, to give them more money, regardless of if they deserve a tip or not. So it's the way of America right now, unfortunately. Yeah. And Don't that, get me started, Hutton. Don't get uh, me started. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous in many cases. Now, it depends. Like if, you, if you're doing like a $150 grocery order that's being delivered, that's different than a $20 pepperoni pizza. There is a Starbucks close to where we are here right now. And I knew a lot of the employees at Starbucks for a while because I'd go in there quite often and get coffee. You did today. And there was a terrific batch of employees there. I am here to tell you, the batch of employees at this Starbucks right now are some of the worst employees in the history of business anywhere. It takes me five minutes longer to make an order. It takes me 10 minutes longer to get my order every time. But you know what I'm saying? Staring in the face every time that I swipe my card at that Starbucks. The same damn tip options. Yep. And in very small print at the bottom, there's one for no tip. Okay? What am I going to do being the nice guy that I am? And going there tomorrow. I'm going to give the same 10% tip right. every time. And I end up looking at it. I'm like, I'm paying $8 for this cold <laughs> brew because I'm giving them a $1.85 tip. And it's taken another 15 minutes out of my day because there's five people not working here. The other four aren't really doing anything. No one's in a hurry to do a damn thing at this Starbucks. But yet I'm still going to give the tip. Why? Because it's on us now to get people to work. If you're going to buy something, you better go thank them with cash. If not, they're going to give a big bleep you to yeah. you on the way thank out of you your nice working. house. Thank you for working. Yes, ma'am. Thank you for working hard at your job to be able to afford this <laughs> nice house. Now you owe me more money than this five dollars, this twenty percent tip. Give me a freaking break. Yeah. Pathetic. And he'll still be delivering for a different service, no yeah, doubt. Yeah, he's still got the same gig, just a different Chad, different payment route. Did Indiana Jones and the uh, the new movie uh, did it 
did it live up to expectation? Did it live up to the hype or the lack of hype? Did it surpass anything that you had preconceived going in based on the coverage of how this movie was a flop and a failure? So they premiered it at Cannes, the film festival in France. That was not the route to go because it got crushed by critics who were there watching you know, Oscar-worthy type films at this thing. Um, I really enjoyed it. I, I went in with lower expectations because the, the, the reviews were not great. As the release date actually came, they were a bit more mixed with people watching it stateside, I, I feel like, as the, the release got closer. It's very formulaic. If you like an Indiana Jones movie, you know, it's, it's kind of paint by numbers, That's where right? you go. Yeah, there's a great and, and and people are gonna say, Oh, you said no no spoilers. I'm not giving away key plot points here, okay? <laughs> but look, there's there's a formula, right? There's a flashback sequence early. There's here's his life now and the time they're in. There's great chase scenes. There's more of a comedic action sequence. There's always a big guy, he's got a fight that's way bigger than him, that's funny because he hits him in a way and the guy doesn't even move. There's that in this movie. Uh, there's a little bit of magic involved in every uh, Indiana Jones, right? People didn't like the aliens being introduced in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I didn't either. But we got to remember, this is a film franchise that included someone ripping the hearts out of humans still beating in their chest. So there's a mystical element to Indiana Jones movies, even the ones yeah. that we really loved growing up. So I give it a solid B+. You know, in, in my favorite. Well, that's favorites, an A to them based on their it, reviews it's, early. It's third or fourth of the five. You know, I mean, Raiders of the Lost Ark and Last Crusade, definitely the top two. Okay. I would put Temple of Doom ahead of this one, barely. But I think you could interchange one of the And then Kingdom of the Crystal Skull from 2006, a distant fifth. But I highly recommend seeing it. I, I had a good time with my dad watching it. Does Enjoyable. That, does every film get a standing ovation at Con? I, I think so. I think so. Even the Idol. When they debuted, not everybody can, gets got the Scorsese minute, treatment. Yeah, got a, Chad, got a standing ovation tonight. Uh, home run derby. I'm I'm looking forward to to watching this. Highly entertaining. A year ago, Pete Alonso is the odds-on favorite right now. Give me Vlad Guerrero though. Give me Junior. I'm putting my money behind him. I'm going with a hometown kid, Julio Rodriguez. He's going to take it home. We'll review this tomorrow. Plus all the top headlines. Hot Mike with Hunter Withrow. Join us.